Hi, Joseph here. This is a brand new live show we performed earlier this year at the Largo in Los Angeles, starring Jessica Nicole with Disparition providing live musical accompaniment. I didn't know what I was doing exactly when I started on this live script, but in many ways, I think I accidentally started the possible sequel to Alice Isn't Dead, in which Alice, Keisha, and Tanya travel the country in an RV and solve mysteries Scooby-Doo style. It's a much lighter story and one I may someday end up telling, who knows. In the meantime, enjoy Jessica and Disparition performing just a little bit of that story to you live from Los Angeles. Several miles back, and the gas station bathrooms were 24 hours. 
Having scoped out the whole town by standing in one spot and turning around real slow, we went into the bar with no sign. There was a group at a table in the corner and a couple of people sitting at the bar. Folks at the bar introduced themselves as Lisa and Luis. No one behind the bar, but when we asked about beer, Lisa went around to the broken fridge and happily sold us lukewarm cans of course. I'm not clear she worked there. I'm not clear anyone did. We asked about the race on the abandoned highway. Both of them got real quiet. Finally, it was Lisa that talked. Oh, we take that real serious, said Lisa. Outsiders don't really get it, said Louise. But if you want to stay and watch Kate Stalky, she said. Outsiders don't really get it, said Louise. I said that they might be surprised by what we'd get and what we'd seen, but they didn't have much to say about that, and we kind of drank in silence for a while, which wasn't bad, all things considered. After the last few years, I'll take some quiet. We asked when the next race was. Tonight, after dark, said one of the people in the corner. Said their name was Tito. I got the feeling every person in this bar, maybe every person in this town, such as it was, took part in these races. I got the feeling that's the only reason anyone would live out in a place like this. Got a specific time, said Tanya, or y'all just kind of go by gut. After dark, said Tito again. And that was that. So as dusk gave into darkness, we sat on top of the RV, parked a few blocks down the road from the intersection that was the town, and we looked out for anything that could be a race. A couple hours before, just about the whole town had cleared out driving cars out to the north, where the desert really gets desolate. Lots of the cars didn't look like racers. Old sedans, pickup trucks with tires just this side of flat. It felt intrusive to follow, so we stayed and looked that direction, just waiting for something to happen. Sure enough, as it got dark, we heard the sounds of engines. We saw headlights tearing across the empty, and then we saw a pillar of flame. It had to be a half mile high, and then it was gone. A second there, a second not. What in the hell? said Alice. Uh, <laughs> This is getting good, said Tanya, hunching down on his heels. There was the sound of music, like a, a violin, only a violin the size of the world. I felt it in my bones. And then the car engines faded, the headlights disappeared, no more violin. Well, I said, we went looking for weird, I think we found weird. Spent a hot and restless night in that powerless RV, and at sunrise we went hiking. I kept a close eye out for rattlesnakes and scorpions. I mean, the world scares me, but I would argue that this is a rational response to the world. 
We came across a cairn, stones piled high up maybe 20 feet, decorated with latex paint and car parts. It was a shrine. We all felt it, a place of worship out here east of Raleigh near the Chocolate Mountains. The centerpiece was the big hood of a truck turned on its side and painted like a sign. The world makes, it said. He takes. Shit, I said. I'd say this here is a religion, said Tanya. Yeah, I'd say you're right, said Alice. That afternoon back at the bar with no name and maybe no owner, same scene as yesterday, Lisa and Louise posted up on stools, Tito and their friends over in the corner. And that was really something, I said, over the beers Lisa grabbed us. We offer ourselves every night, said Lisa, and we hope that someday he will take us. Take, I said. Our races are an act of worship, said Louise. Outsiders don't really get it. <laughs> Most nights we offer ourselves up on that highway, said Tito, and sometimes the winner, they get accepted. What happens to people who get accepted? asked Alice. The world makes, said Lisa. He takes. So sometimes the winner of these races, they just disappear? then we wait our turn. We race until he takes us. And then we don't have to worry anymore. <laughs> I love this town, said Tanya. Back at the RV that evening, we compared notes. This is the most entertaining bullshit I have ever seen, said Tanya. Yeah, I've seen too much to find this funny, said Alice. If they say the winner is sometimes accepted or taken or whatever they want to call it, then I believe them. What about you, Keisha? Asked Tanya. I don't know, I said. The wind kicked in cool from the west, a memento of the distant ocean. I just, I don't know. That night, we went out with the caravan of racers, piling into Tanya's jeep that we had towed with the RV, following the convoy to the abandoned highway, its asphalt worn smooth by fine grit carried by wind and tires. The cars and trucks solemnly lined up where the highway dissipated into desert. A single air horn was blown, and off they went into the night. There was no column of fire. I heard no violin song. It was a race between old and beat-up cars. Luis won, I think. He came driving back. All of you here? Called out Tanya. No one was accepted tonight, said Tito. See, what did I tell you all? Tanya said to Alice and I. Total bullshit. I love it. <laughs> the next morning, once more to the bar... What else was there to do? Except leave, I suppose. I suppose we could have always done that, but we were not the type. We're the type that keeps pushing until something goes wrong. Speaking of which. 
I want in, said Tanya. Let me race. Everyone was quiet. And then Lisa spoke. We won't stop you. Everyone has the right to offer as long as they understand that any offer might get accepted. Kick ass, said Tanya. Luis shook his head, finished his beer, crushed the can, threw it behind the bar, and left. This is silly, said Alice later as the sun sauntered off the scene. What if it's real? Would we get home safe and you throw it away for this? Alice, said Tanya, it's not real. And anyway, even if it was, being accepted doesn't sound that bad. Some of us don't get accepted that often by anything. And then I said, I want to go with you before I knew I was doing it. I had just seen so much in this world and it had made me greedy. I I wanted to see more. Alice didn't say anything. She didn't have the right to stop me and she knew it. I got in the passenger seat of Tanya's Jeep and we joined the convoy one more time. As the dark settled, we joined the lineup. The highway in front of us curved down a bowl of a valley before coming up on the other side. I felt like I could see 20 miles in front of me. The air horn went off and Tanya accelerated hard off the line. I love this shit, Tanya said. We were quickly in the lead, given that so many of these cars weren't in any shape to race. Out in front, it felt less like driving and more like falling. We hurtled down the bowl of the valley, and it felt like we would collapse forever into the dark in front of us. And then, that column of fire. It was so tall, and yet I felt no heat. For a moment, the entire world was alight, and then it was gone. I heard music. Felt like it was playing in my bones, reverberating in my skin. But Tanya didn't seem to notice anything. He was set on winning. I looked up, and where before there had been a field of stars, now I saw that the stars had arranged themselves into a face. It wasn't a human face. The, the configuration was dizzying and alien, but somehow still I knew it was a face looking down at us. I wanted to scream, but I was afraid that if I did, then the face made of stars would scream back. And ahead, I saw flares on the highway, markers for the finish line. The only other car close to us was Lisa, and she was a few lengths back. Tanya was going to win. Sometimes the winner gets accepted, and then they never come back. And Okay, I don't believe that. Okay, that, that was just one of those stories that gets told in the places where they never bothered to run power lines, but I saw that face made of stars. I knew that I would see it for the rest of my life. Slow down, Tanya, I said. Slow down, hell, he said. We've got this in the bag. Tanya, I said, and he heard the desperation in my voice and that shook him out of it. Tanya. Someone else win. And he did. He eased off, and Lisa passed us and crossed the finish line. And what happened next would be hard to describe. You see?
saw the stars reach down and take her. Not like a, a hand made of stars, the movement was more abstract than that. The entire universe came down to this one little spot in the desert and it scooped Lisa's car up and then snapped back into the infinite. Lisa was gone. You, Tanya, nor I spoke. When the world says that to you, how do you even begin to say anything back? We returned to the bar. Alice threw her arms around both of us. I thought you were gone, she said. I'm right here, I said. There was a celebratory mood among the racers. Tito got everyone drinks from the fridge. So where is Lisa? I said. She's gone, Tito said. She got accepted. No one who gets accepted comes back. Will you miss her? I asked. Hell, we'll celebrate her. They cheered and they drank the warm beer and hugged until the night wore on to late and they retired to wherever it was that they all slept because they were going to do the race all over again tomorrow with one less racer than they had a few days before. I stumbled out to the intersection, not sure how to understand this bargain that they were making with whatever it was I had seen. Luis came out after. He had been quiet, the least celebratory. He had been Lisa's friend, after all. He smiled at me, put one warm hand on my hand, and said as gentle as he could, Outsiders don't really get it. He squeezed my hand once and walked off, and I never saw him or any of them again. I wonder now if I went down to Raleigh and then headed out east past the Chocolate Mountains, would I ever even be able to find that place again? I don't think so. I don't think so. We got back in our RV, drove back to Alice and I's home, where we lived, where we belonged, where we would build the rest of our lives. I love you, I said to Tanya. Stay in touch. Stay in touch, shit, said Tanya, sweeping me into a tight hug. I'll be seeing you on our next trip. I bet that RV can carry us to some truly strange places, hmm? Then Alice and I stood, arm in arm, watching him drive his Jeep away, and then we were alone. I caught her gaze, and she caught mine, and we laughed. I don't know why we Sometimes when the universe stares down at you with its cold, alien eyes, there is nothing more human than to look back and to laugh.
Hey Alice Heads, which is a name I just came up with for listeners of Alice Isn't Dead and that I don't think I'll ever use again. Anyway, I'm releasing two books this year, which is a weird thing to say, but I've been working on both of these for years and I'm so excited for you to read them. Okay, first on May 11th, 2021, the first 10 years, two sides of the same love story. So there is a love story that happened behind the scenes of Welcome to Night Vale between me, Joseph Fink, and Meg Bashmaner, voice of the Night Vale credits and MC and tour manager for the live Night Vale show. In this memoir, we recount the first 10 years of our relationship, year by year, without consulting each other beforehand. It's a funny and romantic story about how differently we experience and remember our lives. Then, on July 20th, The Halloween Moon, my first ever novel for ages 10 and up. Esther Gold loves Halloween, until the year that Halloween night just won't end. Even she doesn't want Halloween to last forever. No matter your age, if you're a fan of Alice Isn't Dead, I think you're going to love this book. Get these books wherever you get your books. Hello, iPod broadcast listeners. My name is Meg, and I am one of the esteemed tri-hosts of the beloved iBroad Good Morning Night Vale. I, along with my hilarious friends, fellow Night Vale actors, passionate eaters, and soft-hitting journalists, Symphony Sanders and Hal Lublin, are now over 100 episodes into our deep dive recap show of Welcome to Night Vale. We've tackled topics like soft meat crown head cannons, Cecil's fashion, and whether Steve Scones were really all that terrible, plus behind-the-scenes stories from the Night Vale creative family. And we've heard from listeners like you about queer representation, Night Vale named pets, major theories, minor questions, and of course, best and worst practices for, um, alternative spa therapy services. If you know, you know. Check out Good Morning Night Vale every other Thursday, wherever you get your eyebrows, eyecasts, pod broads, and podcasts. I think I like pod broads the best. I'm a real pod broad myself.